Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. Back to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 8. And then I'm also going to pick up a couple other verses. The message actually deals with the entire uh, Mark 7, verses 1 to 23. This is where Jesus is talking about defilement coming from within the person. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pictures, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of your hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. This is the word of our Lord. As we saw last week, the crowds have abandoned Jesus. The Pharisees are picking up their attacks on Jesus now and starting to attack some of his followers to a certain extent. And now we see here in our scripture this morning the Pharisees complaining that the disciples did not wash their hands according to the ceremonial traditions before eating. See, the Jewish tradition had an elaborate system of washing your hands to sanctify them or to make them clean. Now, this is not a hygienic cleansing as we wash our hands today before we eat. This is simply and purely a ritual that they did, a ritual washing. And usually for this ritual, they needed multiple people. The person getting their hand washed held held their hands out like this turned them over, and someone poured water over their hands. And the water uh, to make sure everything was covered. And then after the water was poured, they would lift their hands up like this, and the water would then have to run down past their wrists. This just so the, the defiled water, or the dirty water, doesn't run off their fingers again, but it washes down. And it sounds like quite a process, and it really was. 
there's nothing wrong with this process. I mean, that's fine. Uh, you know, our doctors and nurses perform a similar process before they go into surgery. They make sure they have their scrubbing in, and they scrub their uh, fingers and in between their fingers and the ends of their fingers, and they do it for hygienic reasons, not just for a ritual. But the Jews, they followed this ritual of their washing their hands because that's just what they thought they had to do. They followed these traditions. And we've talked about it. They've had a lot of these different traditions that they followed. But the problem arises is the, the fact that the, the Jews put these traditions above the Word of God. And it sounds appalling to us. You know, how can you do certain traditions, certain rituals, and how can you make those more important than the, the Word of God? But believe it or not, the same thing still happens today. And not just among the Jewish people, but among Christians as well. We see many of our Christian religious institutions moving away from the Word of God and making things a little easier to draw more people in. They make things a little more easier to, let me say, understand and maybe interpret interpret it a little bit differently. Now, these ideas that these different people and institutions come up with, they're not necessarily any type of disrespect, meaning toward God, or any motivation away from God. Usually these rituals and these traditions and these ceremonies that, and things that churches do uh, in and among themselves, are okay. But the problem is, when you're believing in what this particular person says, or what this particular group of people says, or uh, what so, so-called scholars believe, and you start to follow the person rather than following God's Word. And that happens. Uh, that happens especially uh, even in, in Methodist churches that uh, there's a pastor that has been at that church for so many years and something happens that it's time for them to leave, they go to another church. Well, oftentimes many members of that church follow that pastor. Even if it's not just like, you know, down the street, but it's across the county. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, but are you following that pastor or are you following the Word of God? And that's what we need to be careful of today. But the Pharisees, back to our scripture, the Pharisees approach Jesus and ask him about this. They say, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders? Meaning the ritual washings and the other traditions that they perform. As usual, though, the Pharisees really had a hidden agenda. They were really accusing Jesus, rather than asking him, they were really accusing him of teaching his disciples to disobey those rituals and those traditions of the elders. And as usual, Jesus hears their question, but does not answer their question directly. Instead, once again, he gets to the heart of the matter. He doesn't try to defend his teachings. He doesn't try to defend himself. He doesn't try to defend his disciples. 
The first thing he does is he calls the Pharisees hypocrites. He calls them two-faced. He says, you guys pretend to honor God. You look like you're honoring God. You look religious. But you're really just serving yourself. And then he quotes from, the, from Scripture, he quotes from Isaiah. He says, the Pharisees follow the traditions of men because it's a simple mechanical system. They believe, oh, if I do this, if I wash my hands the correct way, or I say the correct number of prayers at the right time of day, or whatever it is we had to do, I'm in good shape. I just have to follow these rules and do these things, and I'm okay. It's a mechanical system rather than a heartfelt system, rather than believing it and living it because that's what God wants you to do. You're just following the mechanism. The Pharisees say all the right things, but they say them for the wrong reasons. Their hearts are not focused on God. Their hearts were focused on themselves. And it doesn't matter what they do that corrupts their teachings that corrupts their lives, that corrupts their worship because their heart is not centered on God. Jesus then uh, gives them an example. We didn't read this in verses 10 to 13. But they give them, uh, Jesus gives them an example to prove his point. He says, The honoring of your father and mother is, was an important command. And Pharisees would agree to that. Oh, that is an important command. And that's important to us today as well, to honor our father and mother. But for them, in fact, it was so important that if you did not honor your father or mother, you could essentially be punished by death. So it was a, a, tremendous, uh, a tremendous command for them to uphold. But the Jews had this, this idea of Corbin. And as I said, you can read about it in verses 10 to 13. But essentially is what it means is you're, you're classifying something as a gift to God. Something you have, you are dedicating it to, to God's purpose. You get to still hold on to it and maintain it, but it's, it's dedicated to God. And that sounds like a wonderful idea. And it really is, in, in, in theory. You are essentially dedicating things that God has given you you're dedicating them back to God. So you're essentially taking your stuff, putting it in a trust that you can still manage, that you can still use and hopefully grow for God's kingdom for a while, and then you give it back to God for Him to continue using however He needs to, to use it. So what a great idea. But let's say there's a young Jewish man who is well off. He had a lot of wealth. But his elderly parents were sick and they were struggling. So the Jewish man saw this. Now to honor your parents, you would help your parents out. You would give them money if they needed money. You would give them sheep if they needed some animals or whatever it is they needed to child the son or the daughter, should honor their parents by helping them. But instead, this Jewish man, he could take all of his stuff and label it as Corbin, meaning I'm going to call this everything I own, I'm going to call it as a gift to God. 
That meant he could not sell it or give it away uh, to his parents. He had to maintain it, and he could use it, but it had to be, at some point in time, the proceeds had to be given to God. So he got around honoring his, honoring his father and mother. He could say, uh, he could see his parents and say, you know, gee, Dad, I, I wish I could help you out, but, but everything I have is dedicated to God, and, and I can't go back on that, sorry. So you can see how this well-intentioned idea can backfire because their hearts were not in the right place. Sure, they were trying to honor God with their possessions, but their hearts were not in it. It was strictly a mechanical thing. So Jesus, after that example, returns to the original question about defilement. And Jesus knows that you don't become defiled by simply not washing your hands before a meal. And we know that too. Sure, you might get sick. You know, you might uh, might not feel real well if you have some bacteria on your hands or something. But you're not going to be defiled spiritually. And Jesus tells them what makes a man unclean is what enters his mind and comes out of his mouth from his heart. And after hearing this, the Pharisees leave, obviously very upset. And then Jesus and the disciples, they enter a house. And as usual, we've, as I've mentioned, uh, Jesus has now kind of broken away from that public ministry and he's kind of more privately teaching the twelve disciples. So they're in this house and the disciples ask Jesus to explain what he meant by saying that the things that come out of our mouth are what defiles us. And Jesus basically says the things that we say express either the goodness of our heart or the evilness of our heart. So to make that point clear, Jesus then lists some of the things that come from a heart that is filled with desires of this world. Evil thoughts, fornication, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. That's what defiles us. Not ignoring traditions, not forgetting about washing your hands before eating in a ritualistic way, A person's defiled heart is expressed in both what he says and what he does. The Pharisees were hypocrites, and we know that. Did they worship God? Well, they appeared to worship God. And from their minds, they did. But they were worshiping God for the wrong reasons. They wanted that status. They wanted the money. They wanted the power. They wanted to be looked upon as being the religious elite. They were hypocrites. And today we too can be hypocrites at times. If we pay more attention to our reputation than our character. We can appear to be somebody in public, but inside we know that this is just an act. We know this isn't who we really are. We can also appear to follow the roles of the church, of the denomination, even the Bible. But inside, we can still be distant from God, much like those Pharisees. On the outside, it looked like they were the perfect uh, perfect child of God. But on the inside, they were not. 
Jesus even called them a brood of vipers. We can also brag about how good we are, brag about our virtues, while pointing out the sins of others. And Jesus addressed that as well. He said, pull the log out of your own eye before you pull the splinter from someone else. And many people today are cautious about what they eat or drink. It seems like there's always some new diet out there to to help us watch our weight or do whatever it is that you are trying to do. But the question is, do you pay attention to the things that you're putting into your mind and into your heart? We need to remember that an evil action begins with an evil thought. And if we allow our minds to dwell on evilness, on lust, on envy, on hatred, or on revenge, it will lead us to sin. It will defile us. So don't defile yourself by focusing on evil. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul tells us to program our minds with thoughts that are true, noble, right, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. That's what we're to program into our minds. We can look to Christ for guidance about our own behavior. And we become pure when Christ renews our minds and transforms us into His image. How do we get all that good stuff into our mind? Really, there's only one way to do it. Above all else, we need to read God's Word and talk to God each and every day. Ask God to help you focus your mind on the things that are good the things that are true, the things that are pure, the things that are holy. It takes practice. It takes dedication. But it can be done. And as we've seen, there's a lot of Pharisees here. But some of them, towards the end, they changed their ways. They came to Jesus Christ. And saw him for who he was. The Bible doesn't tell us what those Pharisees did when they weren't around Jesus. But I'm sure they listened to Jesus' teachings and they thought about it. They went back and they read the scriptures and they prayed with a heart for God. And say, open my heart so that I may see what it is you want me to see. And several of the Pharisees are mentioned in the Bible that did turn and came to Christ. So it's not impossible for them and it's not impossible for us either. It just takes practice and dedication to it. Ask God to open your mind, to open your eyes, to open your heart, to see the things that He wants you to see. Let us close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the the good, the pure, the noble, and the just things of this world. 
Help us to focus our attention on them rather than on the evil, lustful, and deceitful things of this world. Help us to not be like the Pharisees and other traditionalists that believe their good deeds will get them into heaven. For we know that Jesus Christ is the only way. Strengthen our faith and our faithfulness so that your power may be displayed in this world through us. In Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. Amen.